Welcome back to Jackson Transplants, the welcome committee for transplants, Jacksonians welcome but not necessary. In this episode, I chat with Monique Davis from DC. I checked out your email for your response for some of uh, the things I sent, and we're going to go through everything, but it seems like when you located to Jackson in 2007, it's probably like around the same time I found out about you, or I mean, I guess when you started your restaurant. So Uh I I definitely went to your restaurant a lot to eat lunch, and I definitely went to your belly dancing classes as well because I had to work out those lunches I had there, (laughs) so... So, but I know you as someone who is, I don't know, to me, it seems like an ideal life because you are involved in so many things. So, and every time I hear about you, it's like you're doing something else. So I guess let's just start from the beginning to why you guys decided to relocate to Jackson. Well, yeah, I think, well, thank you for having me on and thank you for being a loyal customer and, um, and a belly dance participant. I mean, belly dance classes was one of the ways that kept me um, staying because I don't know if you know a lot about the restaurant business, but it's a really hard way to um, make a living. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of profit in it. So I appreciate your business and support. Um, I grew up in Washington, D.C. And during the 90s when I started to have my rather large family, um, it, it was kind of violent. Um, we mm. lived, like, actually lived in the city, and uh, my husband had family here, so we often thought about, well, what would it look like if we relocated to the South? Yeah. Um, and so he decided to take an early out uh, in early retirement at Verizon, and then we really began to consider um, either Jackson, because he had family here, or Birmingham. And Birmingham was still a little too busy, a little too urban, um, too much traffic, and Jackson was just a lot more intimate, it was manageable, you know, there's a school, like a walking distance from the house that we bought, and so we really moved for a higher quality of life, um, and... We also have 40 acres in Haverhurst, Mississippi, oh, which is, you know, like about, that's his family's land, that's about 40 minutes outside the city. And we really wanted the kids to experience, you know, what it was like to own a piece of land mm-hmm. and to fish on the land and to try to grow food there um, and just expose them to a different lifestyle that wasn't quite as restrictive or dangerous as it was. In mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay, cool. And so I guess like how what was the process of relocating here and then opening a popular restaurant? Oh, child. That was like Moses crossing opening the Red Sea. Really? <laughs> no, it was it was um well, just the logistics of getting it took us about a year, the whole process. Okay. Move. I mean, so we had assets in D.C. that we liquidated and tried. We tried to get a bank loan. Well, I mean, this, um, but we couldn't because we didn't have personal relationships with banks here. Um, so we bought everything in cash. Oh, wow. Which, which really, in the long run, was probably a good decision. Because yeah. we were having to pay rent and keep Lumpkins open, we probably wouldn't have lasted five years like we did. We probably yeah. would have lasted maybe only two and a half. Um, so it was really good, but it was, I mean, and you know, just the, the logistics of getting kids, all their shop records updated yeah. and getting them enrolled in school and, you know, they were like 13 to 3, so it was like middle school, elementary school, and like some pre-K, so they were all in different schools all over the city and figuring out magnet programs and just all of that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, but we had family here. We had some support, so they helped us navigate the process. And then, you know, the restaurant, it was just a really good deal, and we didn't know enough about the city to know the perception of South Jackson versus West Jackson versus North Jackson that people, there was some invisible barrier that people didn't want to cross over 80. Yeah, so let me ask you, is that to do with, is that like general or is that to do with the people who are outside of Jackson or people who work downtown? Because for us, technically speaking, you, and then the food you so, I guess you guys would have been the closest ones to downtown Jackson, right? Mm -hmm. At that particular Mm -hmm. time. So for us, but see, I'm not, you know, because I'm not from here, I don't really have a problem. And I started at Jackson State, so I was more familiar and comfortable with West and South Jackson first than like the rest of Jackson. So I don't know, I guess it's different for us, but I think that's how we found out is just through like co workers and stuff. So it was convenient for us because you just, uh-huh. you know, it wasn't a far yeah, drive I at think all. It was probably, I mean, I think it, I think it was probably for people. That grew up, or people who grew up here or had that perception in their brain that, you know, that part of town is, a, is kind of, quote, a bad neighborhood. I mean, okay. there, there's so many, like, isms. Well, one, we underestimated the importance of um, relationships. Mm. <laughs> the I, opening of business in yeah. a small town, we, 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 we just saw it. All you needed was a good product. And right. The rest would take care of itself. No, chat, no, 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 no. So that, so, um... Yeah, we just, we, we didn't do enough pre-work um, to build relationships before we opened the business. So there, you know, there was that. Um, you know, and then just also being a minority-owned business and some hurdles are still real. I mean, yeah. we had to get, we had to get um, one of our white friends to negotiate a trash contract for us because they gave them a different price than they gave us. I mean, wow. so, you know, we had to, I mean, so that, those barriers um, exist, and sometimes we are harder on ourselves than anybody else, so then there's that too. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
I I grew up technically my entire adult life has been in Jackson and it's been challenging and I even had a conversation with my a couple of friends yesterday about like the relationships and kind of how small Jackson is and the politics that go with it and really my my first response to it is just kind of was to disappear <laughs> and not be a part of so many things because I just thought on um at some levels, it's kind of ridiculous, especially with a town being, or a city being so small. You know, I'm like, there's enough resources for everyone. We can all win. So that's why sometimes, though, I told people I had a bit of a challenging experience because it was like kind of the first time I had to deal with that. But like I said, it was, and then I was, I was coming of age here as well. So that's just very interesting. And I think there's something too for um, transplants to um, consider. Because sometimes the experiences are really good. Most people I know have really good experiences, but for some of us, like other people, it's a bit challenging. So that was interesting that you brought that up. Relationships are important. I think um, I'm at a time when I'm ready to um, dive into a little more invest because for a while I was like, I I just kind of want to go to work, go to school, and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, probably I know sometimes with people here um there have been situations where people like feel like outsiders are untrustworthy <laughs> sometimes <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, <that's real>. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people it's definitely a then a thing so but it's good like I, I see you definitely work through it because you were involved in so much so I guess around that same time do you remember uh they had done some work at the Coca-Cola building, and they started this art exhibit there. Yes. Yeah, so you were yes. part of that as um, well. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, so why I'm a, you know, I'm also a practicing artist, but yeah. I just like anything that that could expose the kids to something interesting and bring something to excited, exciting to Jackson that didn't cost money, and like you know, we were all about it and all in so we had a couple of the meetings at the restaurant and then we were really involved in that first production team and you know just believed in the principles of the thing well now it's all just gone corporate so i don't even know if it's the same yeah anymore. but then it was you know just come as you are and everybody's an artist and nothing costs any money and if, you know and it was all self-reliant if you want to eat something you better bring something yeah it was um, so much fun, though, and I think I went, uh-huh. I think, was it, like, three days or something like that? Because I believe I went every day uh, yeah, that like, weekend. Yeah, like, three and a half days. Yeah. yeah, so, and I also remember that was the time, I don't know if she's your youngest, but your daughter, she was with you, and I remember thinking uh-huh. how smart she was, <laughs> and I don't know, she was, uh, I don't know, was she, like, 10 or something? I don't know, but she was incredibly yeah, smart. Yeah. 
because uh, she was out there helping everybody else set up their stuff. But um, yeah, so what else? So what did you do from there? Because you have so many titles. So how, um, how do you get involved I, in all this stuff? Oh, girl, I mean, you know, I was just trying to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot of it was like a way of like being part of something, but then, you know, trying to figure out ways to monetize. Yeah. So, hey, like, hey, you know what? You all want to have a community meet? And then we gave, we gave um, nonprofits, like barely just gave, almost gave them food at cost. Yeah. To get them exposed to the price. So then we became the nonprofit caterers. So we did a lot for um, Southern Poverty Law Center um, and made like a hit, the youth, youth Hip Hop Summit met mm-hmm. in our restaurant a couple of times. Um, and then when we started to wind down the restaurant, you know, I was just trying to find something that, and I had been out of, you know, the corporate world for like 13 years. I stayed home for 13 years. Uh, trying to think, well, what is the organization that knows me already? Because we worked a lot with the Jackson City Press. I said, well, maybe I could be like sales manager or something. So mm-hmm. I did that for like six months. But that is really a, a young person's job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I didn't want to move around quite as much as they because you were yeah. selling. And so it, 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 just, it wasn't the best fit. And then after that, I went to. Catholic Charities for about 18 months and did, um, ran, um, like the veterans program, well, over, didn't run it, but oversaw the department that ran the veterans program, um, the migrant support center and care space ministries and found that 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 job was a lot more administrative than I had hoped Mm -hmm. and wasn't doing the advocacy that I really wanted. And, you know, and uh, so that wasn't the best fit. So then I moved on to Parents for Public Schools of Jackson and did that for almost two years. And that was, that was, that was better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm also trying to figure out what I want to do. Yeah. And that, that job um, still did not have the, quite the amount of parent advocacy that I had wanted. And you, and it's just in the office too much. Yeah. And so... And, you know, and sometimes when you're dealing with kids and advocating for the education, sometimes that can get really heavy yeah, and stressful. I bet. It's like, you know what? I need to do something that's a little more fun, not quite this serious. And so then I saw this position open up at the art museum. And, you know, there's no such thing as an art emergency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people aren't going to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so I said, let me just see if, if that fit. And then, yeah, so then here I am, and my job has changed throughout there. So I started as the membership director, and then started doing programming, and then became managing director for the Center for Art and Public Exchange, and now I just recently got promoted to be the chief equity and inclusion officer at the oh, museum, which okay. is really new. So I'm really excited about that. Congrats. Um, and Thank you. Really passionate about it, but yeah, it was a, it was not a straight path. Yeah. And and I found out what I did well, and I found out what I didn't do well, and I really don't necessarily. I, I, I I am not a paper pusher. Yeah. 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 I can. 
I can understand that because I'm going through a similar transition. <laughs> Before I thought uh, I didn't like to interact with people that much. And then I got a job where I didn't interact with people really at all. And I stayed at my desk for most of the time. Really only getting up to like use the bathroom, go lunch. And I was like, mm-mm. This is not it. <laughs> so I definitely understand. Um, so normally I usually like to ask if there is some advice or some recommendations that you have for transplants, like places to go, things to do. Can't do that right now. <laughs> so I don't know. How are you approaching this time? Because I know you're still working, but like what what advice do you have for people? Oh, I would say um, for transplant, I think a good thing is like to uh, take a walk in your neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, cause, and, and just look, see if people have gardens yeah. and wave to your neighbors. I think that's one of the things that we did when we came and, you know, introduce yourself to people. And um, I think that's. Yeah, that's definitely the first step of, like, get to know your neighbors, even in the socially distanced time, mm-hmm. you can wave and talk um, from on the, on the side, or lack of sidewalk, my neighbors yeah. sidewalk. <laughs> I live in West Jackson, but, um, yeah, I think that's the first thing, take advantage of green spaces, mm-hmm. um, when life gets back to normal, go thrift store shopping, get to meet like a lot of humanity that way mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um what, what else would I say and, and go to go to museums yeah also like when things open yeah um just be just participate like find what you're whatever you were interested in where you came from there's an equivalent here might not be as big yeah probably won't be as big um but you'll meet people that are interested in the same thing that you're interested yeah 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 do you how do you think uh once outside opens again (laughs) how how are you guys like for as a museum industry how are you guys gonna address that or at the same time does that mean that things need to be more digital and like what does a digital experience look like i'm not sure because i'm starting to learn more but yeah go on facebook and look up mississippi museum of art because we have a we what we are doing um, like we have a short virtual tour okay. on Facebook. I mean, a lot of museums are starting to create visual content, yeah, um, that you can access online. And we're talking to our other museums to see if there are ways we can partner and do things, or exploring relationships with the public school system to see if we can create things um, for students. For their for summer enrichment, uh, but it's gonna have oh museums are gonna change, especially museums that are high touch like uh, children's museums. Their yeah, models gonna have to change, and we're gonna all have to increase our capacity of like video production and digital content yeah. and what that looks and how that looks because this this industry is gonna yeah it's not gonna be the same even when we go back it's not gonna. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. I've been, the Children's Museum has kind of been in regular contact with, I guess, like its members and stuff. So I'm, I'm, I was wondering about that when they reopened because since we're members, we tried to go almost every weekend and she loves it. And of course, 
to me, was already a little bit of a nasty place because there's a bunch of toddlers and kids running around. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a nasty place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, and that's that's the that was the interesting thing about when everything started. We had so much, you know, we already had a ton of like cleaning wipes and lights, all and stuff. I'm like, cause just cause we have a toddler and we don't want to catch whatever they create at daycare. So we were already like that before this happened. So yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Cause I feel like you would have to like power wash the entire museum, like every evening. <laughs> cause they already, oh, yeah, you know, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, we were actually, we, all the museums were on a call last week and saying, what are you all doing and trying to, you know, and sharing resources and stuff. So it will be whenever we all decide to reopen, we're very conscious of making our visitors feel safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems like right now, and I'm not sure it's because we've been, you know, out so long, but like my two-year, she's getting more touchy and that's very unusual for her. So like yesterday she kept, picking up rocks and picking up different things. And I'm like, ah, like, I don't know about this. <laughs> like, I was like, are you finally being a two-year-old or what? But yeah, like, that's the interesting part too. And I'm going back to parks and stuff. Cause I really hate that she's been missing, you know, like school and her teachers and going out to play. So I know she's going to be excited to do that, but she's not conscious of, you know, like she doesn't even like the mask. So we haven't brought her inside any stores since this has happened because you know, we have a little mask for her. We try to put it on. And she's like, no, I want to wear it around my neck. And I'm like, well, girl, we can't take you anywhere at all. Right. <laughs> so, I yeah. Too. I mean, she <laughs> is. She is. <laughs> yeah, she's too. Yeah. I was accustomed to her being uh, very, everybody's like, oh, yeah, those uh, terrible twos. And I'm like, she's been pretty cool. But, yeah, she's been very too lately. So, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, like, what is one thing you want to do or a few things you want to do as soon as we're able to kind of get out and get around again? Oh, that's a good question. I think probably go to um, a restaurant and have somebody else cook. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree. We still have taken some things uh, to go, but we've still been doing a lot of cooking. And I am not, I can, but I don't like to. I definitely don't like to clean up. And I don't even do dishes at all. So dishes is all on my husband. But yeah, I cannot wait to eat out again. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Even if it's eating out hot outside with a big fan. Like, yeah. Like being with friends and having a nice cocktail. I think that's probably the first thing that we'll, I'll try to figure out. Yeah, yeah. I definitely miss mm-hmm. brunch, too. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, cool. So, another thing I wanted to ask you about that, like, um, like your Instagram and everything, like, you're an illustrator, too, on top of uh-huh. everything else. <laughs> Could you talk to me a little bit about that as well? How's, yeah. Yeah, um, well, I've always, you know, practiced art in some form or fashion, even before, you know, getting married and having kids. Um, and, of course, you know, kids kind of um, put pauses on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but had a show, like, I think when I was, right before I left D.C., 
and then had a show in Greenwood or Greenville. Yeah. I don't know which of those. I, <laughs> yes. Um, um, about a year or so ago. Um, but yeah, my you know the images I create kind of celebrate joy and and definitely juicy African American women or you know I don't like to portray images of people kind of like in pain. They're like aspirational, happy things, and I want to make people smile and bring like you know sparks of joy and glitter into their lives. Um, so that's kind of like the hmm, the themes of some of the things that. I create. I am getting back into doll making again. Oh. So I make I make altar doll, dolls for people to put on their altars or sacred spaces or wall hanging. Mm. So I'm doing that again because I I need to do something with my hands and um, I like to show that something I can do while I'm watching TV with kids. Um, yeah, and it's not quite as a solitary activity as drawing is. Drawing I need to like really paying attention um this doesn't require as much and i'm also thinking about working on the line of affirmation cards oh um, that'd be cool but uh you know this this i i've found it difficult to focus mm-hmm. during this time so I'm just trying to be gentle with myself um as much as i can Well, on one of my previous episodes, we were talking about that, um, a friend and I, Jessica, and we were saying, you know, one side of me, because I'm definitely a person, I feel like if you get an idea, you have to execute it, because that's why you get the idea in the first place. But on the other side, because this is such a new experience to all of us, this is also a time where I feel like if you don't want to be productive, you don't have to. If you want to spend more time with your family, do that. I know for me, I've been revisiting a couple of hobbies, which includes like drawing and I'm doing more writing and I'm doing more reading again. Like I used to, I still have responsibilities. Um, I hadn't been doing great with that. But as you stated before, <laughs> I'm kind of giving myself some grace during this time. So, and I guess it depends on the situation. I know some people have it hard where employers are demanding, you know, the same amount of work or more, not realizing that when you're at home, it's not like a luxury where you're just working from home. Like a lot of people have kids at home too, other responsibilities. So yeah, it's definitely been interesting, but I've been trying to tap more into my creative side. I'm going to be wrapping school soon. So I want to start thinking about life after, and that's why I've been doing it really. But yeah, and like um, my husband, I, before the toddler came we used to take daily walks with each other a lot we used to work out together a lot so that's what we've been doing as a family before we had we were pushing her in a stroller and it was fine but now she wants to walk because she's grown and the walk is taking us twice as much time now in the neighborhood but like you said before we're walking like we're seeing so many people out like who are just like sitting in their front yards and so many people walking and Riding bikes now. So it's interesting because I'm not sure if I didn't pay attention before or it just wasn't happening before. But I think like our entire neighborhood is kind of out now. So now for me, it's very important every single day I have to get out at least once. I prefer be twice. We also hopped on our bikes uh, this past weekend, which I hadn't done that in like a decade. Because Bellhaven is very hilly to me. And I tell people I have 
um, weak lower body strength. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but I think we're going to challenge the bike a little more. We bought a little trailer for the toddler to be pulled in while we're riding. So, it's been, but the hills, I'm not really about the hill life though. Oh, man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, but it's, yeah, so right now we're taking it slow. So we're doing, like, about a mile and a half walking and a mile and a half ride until we kind of build up some strength. Mostly me, because I'm the one uh, (laughs) that's being dramatic about it. So I know it's, it's been challenging for a lot of people, but, like, this is a pause that some people would not probably ever get in their lives. Because a lot of us are on the cycle of working to go to sleep, to wake up and work again, you know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been, I mean, you know, I think, well, I think this time is uh, revealing a lot of fractures in our society, and absolutely, revealing that people, that healthcare should be a right, not a privilege, right, not be attached to a job, yep, um, and, uh, to me while anybody wouldn't take it seriously of course it's something we've known always just dealing with uh doctor offices and hospitals but particularly during this time it's like how are you going to tell somebody if you're not even sure how the symptoms show up that maybe they're you know like maybe it's pneumonia maybe it's something else so yeah it's definitely interesting and scary time like i like you said i hope is a time where we're realizing all the cracks in our systems we're putting pressure on these systems and our officials to fix it so like you said healthcare should be a human right so should housing you know so so should food yeah so should high quality food right um Um, before I was a little bit turned off because it's interesting I'm rapping like all my uh, degrees have something to do with like government or policy and I, I was wrapping up this degree in public policy I'm like I have no interest in working for government ever again in my life but then I'm like after this is happening I'm like well maybe I might be interested in doing something again because this is really going to be we have to change before government you know it's in increments but now because it's affecting so many people including them they're going to have to change some things. So, well, I mean, I'm hoping that people realize how important the federal government is. Because, you know, 
the Republicans and Tea Party have to, we're starting to try to convince people that you don't need the federal government. Right. That it's and states' rights and blah, blah, blah. And when I hear states' rights, I'm just, I, it's a dog whistle for me because I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking KKK, the states' rights was the reason for the Civil War. But, you know, not everybody hears it with that same lens that I hear it with. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you need the federal government. And so hopefully people, when they get that stimulus check, <laughs> their tax dollars yeah. coming back to them, that they realize, like, oh, maybe the government, federal government has some benefits. Yeah, yeah. But not even that, but just, like, states doing a better job working together. Like, when San, Fr- San Francisco was, like, one of those first cities to be, like, we're shutting down for three weeks and I really felt like everybody should have been on board with that. Like, just because it's Mississippi, we don't always have to be the last ones. or We don't always have to be behind. We don't always have to be like, well, we're not doing this because they're telling us to do it. So I would like to see the southern states kind of, like, do a good job working together. Because I know some, you know, cities have been talking to the governors and, you know, vice versa or whatever. But, yeah, you yeah, know, like. I think it's, yeah, sure if you saw it and I I didn't so I'm particular about why I share on social media I try not to share too much stuff that's gonna that feels negative to people or starts debates because I'm like you know I just don't want it on my page but I don't know did you see the reservoir the pictures from the reservoir this past weekend yes I did and I just I mean I was like this uh, all the work we're doing they could possibly undo it like within a weekend and it's gonna put us on lockdown even longer so it's just interesting because I'm like where where was the police uh absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> behavior that's accepted from some is not I mean you know this is just Absolutely, absolutely. Because, you know, I did, which I've been working on a lot, but I did go in the comment section and, you know, there were so many people saying, well, if you're scared, you should stay home. You shouldn't be wearing masks. And I'm like, so what does this mean for the rest of us now? Like when we go out to the grocery store, for me, I tried to go as, I try to go when they open so I can get what I need, get in and get out. But what does that mean for the rest of us? Because I did come across an article, I think it's in Oklahoma City, where the mayor kind of removed, uh, them it being mandatory to wear a mask because so many people were being threatened in grocery stores and stuff like that and i'm like that is crazy so far it's been kind of calm here with the exception of that but i i'm just watching to see i think all of us are watching to see how they're going to handle things because it was absolutely unacceptable so and to me any given day you at the that you could be at the reservoir there's usually a presence of you know like police or security so it was just very interesting very. Yeah. And yeah. who choose when, yeah. when they choose to follow rules and when they don't uh-huh. or when they feel like it's sufficient that you can defy the law. But yeah, it'll be interesting to watch how things play out. So 
But I almost don't even want to ride through <laughs> Richland and Mass <laughs> because of it. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I feel like they're more germy now in that area, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think, I can't say that I go to the restaurant that much anyway, so it's not one of my activities, but God bless them, I hope, I hope, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love it aesthetically. I mean, we've driven past it probably almost every day, but we just drive past just to see the water and head back home and just get out the house, uh-huh. but yeah, um... Yeah, so, yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me. Uh, where can everyone keep abreast? I'm going to put all this information in the show notes, too, particularly with the museum so people can get virtual tours. But, yeah, so where can people follow you? So um, it's Monique the Illustrator on Instagram, and the museum's website is Mississippi museumart.org and there's also an Instagram page for the museum and um, yeah, those are the two ways and if you want to stay in contact and know what's going on, please sign up to get our email blast we send them about once a week to let people know about um, upcoming virtual activities and um, let's see, we have Art and Coffee, we did our first virtual Art and Coffee talk to the rest of you next week. Bye.